mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Sheel and Zach coming at you with steps and things flapping their wings on what is the difference between being a good staff and a bad staff yeah i'll go ahead and i'll just do my least favorite head coaches in first quarter that i've worked for okay good yeah i was gonna wait for 10 minutes to throw that one out there but yeah we can one, get to it one through 12 hello everybody and welcome to birds with friends on a thursday late morning i guess early afternoon bo wolf here joined by zach berman and Sheila Kapadia, we are going to talk a little bit uh, more about the draft. We will have the turkeys to the kingdom coming up in a little bit. But before before we do that, we got to welcome in the man himself, the champion of rock, paper, scissors in Princeton, Brian Flynn. How are you? You know, I'm blown away, guys, by your resilience to somehow do this pod via Zoom. <laughs> uh, it's impressive. It's like you brought the combine to us here. And I'm just here to compete. Man, everything I do, competing. My wife uh, still brags about um, the rock paper scissors tournament she won at Disney World when she was uh, when she was a kid. So um, she's got to be flying up the top of the Eagles board. Well, RPS is very useful. I find uh, you know Marissa may uh, may appreciate this with her uh, with her uh, recent recent news, but I find in a marriage RPS is great. You know, it's like mm. uh, it's a it's I agree a with that. it's a task that like neither of you um, necessarily should have to do, but someone's got to do it. And you know, you break out a little best out of three RPS. It adds a little juice to the household. So uh, I, I think it's very uh, useful in that setting. Or you got like you got two chores to do, but uh, who gets you to pick? Split them up. Like yeah, who gets to pick? I yeah. agree. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I didn't know it was that's optional. Not, that's I just not a thing you for me. Your I, do, I do all the bad jobs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah, it's like I, I get assigned. But exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just take the L's. Me and Zach. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, okay, well, uh, let's get into it. We want to be, uh, we want to make the most out of your time, Coach. Um, I guess I want to start with uh, with Devonte Smith, who still is like the guy for the Eagles at twelve. Like, I think I still think it's going to come down to: Do they want this guy? Are they willing to uh, roll the dice with someone of his size? And if you look at him, um, you know, if you're a coach, what do you make of balancing the production versus? Like this guy's tiny. He's got a tiny waist. He's very slight. What's what's it going to be like at the next level? Yeah, like he would be if he was a recruit. Like he would be small for a recruit. Like 166 right. pounds is wow. small. But and and I get the whole bucket thing, and you know, like DK Metcalf probably fell into the injured bucket. You know, and I think that that can right. hurt you and it can help you. But if you if you watch the guy play, like nobody lays a glove on him, and he plays against the best defensive players in college football every week. And nobody's close, you know, and we went because we've been on Zoom, much like the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Princeton football has utilized Zoom during this tough time to keep wow. our players. You. Yeah, yeah, really, really proud of everybody. I'm proud of uh, you. Yeah, it's an it's an unbelievable job. We turn the computer on. We talk into it. It's crazy. So but we one of the, one of our meetings, one of our 5000 meetings we've had since we last played the game, we said we watched every Devontae Smith catch. Ooh. from last year like wow. everyone Ooh. sequenced 124 like, of them right and it was i mean it was split in about four meetings but 
it was it, like <laughs> almost everyone is some unbelievable fundamental clip. Like watch how he frames the football when he catches it. Like he catches this bubble screen for a touchdown. Watch him go hash number sideline to run around the defense. Watch this release. You know, watch how he finishes this run. Um, you know, it's just it's the Marvin Harrison comps, I think, are good. But to me, he looks even a little more fluid than Marvin Harrison, like getting mm-hmm. in and out of breaks and all those things. So, I mean, I get Listen, all the be, be careful saying anything negative about Marvin Harrison. Not, no, there's no shot that's happening. None. Zero. <laughs> uh, but like, I mean, I get the knocks and, you know, the couple NFL guys that I that I talked to or know that, you know, mentioned, oh, he's a baller, but he's too small. I think that you guys have nailed nailed it. You're overthinking it. You know, this at number 12. I don't talk right. about six. You know, I think at number 12, you'd you really be making a mistake passing on. Over Chase, you would have taken him? I'm, I mean, I, I, as a foot, Chase as could be gone. football yeah. player, yeah, 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 like as a player, he this dude was the, the best player. And again, also, it's recency bias. This is why coaches are bad at this. This is why there <laughs> needs to be a personnel department. Because, like, I put a game on, and I go, that's the best player I've ever seen. I love that guy. Or if you had a guy play for you a couple of years ago and make a catch on fourth down, you're like, he's an NFL player. You know, so we, we tend to like overreact to things that helped us or what we've seen the most recently. But, you know, I, again, I don't think you go wrong with Chase or Smith. Honestly, I understand one's got the better physical tools and, and, and one's got some, maybe some more question marks. But I mean, I'd have been at six. I'd have been good with either. I think at 12, you're, if you pass on that guy, you're nuts. I'm sold. Go ahead, Shell. Yeah, I don't know if it, if this is a good way to look at it or not, but like if you if you ask yourself, uh, you know, if like this doesn't work out, are we going to be able to live with it? You know, is that I don't know if that's a good way to look at it or not. But with Smith, like you would be, you know, you'd say, all right, we weighed the risk. We knew he was smaller, but he had unbelievable production in the SEC. His film was great. We loved his intangibles. Whatever. All right, it didn't work out. You know, you you can kind of like live with that more than, especially with this organization and the way they've been drafting, and uh, you know the the way the the different information coming in from different departments. Like I I just feel like that's the safer way to go than to sort of overthink it and really trust your process that you know you've got an edge uh, on the competition. So uh, yeah, I I've been on record. I think it would be a a great pick. Now there's no guarantee it's going to work out, but if like a guy with that type of production and film and intangibles and everything doesn't work out because he's too small. You kind of like take the L and, you know, move on from there. And I, I don't know. I, I'm torn on whether he's like a high variance player or not. You know, is it is it the guy's going to be unbelievable um, because we've seen him be unbelievable or he's just going to totally be a bust because he's not big enough or is there kind of a higher floor there? Uh, I don't know. Coach, Coach Flynn, what, I, I don't know. Do you have like thoughts on that? I, I have trouble sort of measuring that aspect of it, whether the floor is really that low or not. Yeah, I think it's hard because like Bo, Bo said this, I think the last pot or he was talking about the, the production bucket where, where the guys are old, but they have a thousand yard season. He but like for, that, yeah, yeah but like my for buckets. my deal is like there's, there's production for a reason, you know, and it's been consistent. Like the guy caught, game-winning touchdown national championship game as a freshman. You know, he did it kind of year after year, week in, week out. I mean, is there is there an upside? You know, is there the upside if you take a bigger, rawer guy like a DK Metcalf? You know, maybe there's not that, oh, he's going to make this quantum leap. But if he comes anywhere near the player he was in college, you know, I think that you'd be thrilled with it. You know, I think he's probably a little more he's, – he's steady because he's just so fundamentally sound. Like, I heard the rap yesterday in the press conference, you know, oh, well, you know, these guys aren't going up against the third and fourth college corner. What, wait, wait a minute now. 
Okay, so every NFL team has four good man-to-man defenders? No. Good no shot, right? So this is a guy, again, who was matched up against the two best corners in the draft. One he played with every day in school, and one was in the league. You know, so those are the guys he's lining up against, LSU and Florida and Ohio State and Clemson, you know, and, and winning, you know, consistently winning one-on-one. So I don't know if it, there's that huge, you know, upside deal, but you, guys that produce at that level, you feel pretty good like the floor isn't that low. Uh, I knew that I knew that was going to fi- fire you up. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, these college receivers, they just call someone in from the stands and they're like, go cover <laughs> Devontae Smith. Like, I don't think that's what LSU's defensive coordinator. Yeah, I think their uh, opponents I don't know think, who Devontae Smith yeah, is. Yeah, I don't think that's their game plan. Uh, anyone anyone want in the game? Yeah, uh, Waterboy, go, go ahead. Go in there and cover Devontae Smith. Like, I think they have a plan for trying to limit Devontae Smith when they go up against Alabama. So I, and I, think, I, yeah. I knew watching that live – I'm like, oh man, Coach is gonna fly. I hope Coach is so somewhere <laughs> where he can throw something right now. I was so bad, furious. But you t- you touched on it, like the projection with Devontae Smith is not that crazy because he played in the SEC, like he played in the best conference. He played with all these great receivers and was outproducing them. And it's not like this is not like you know like a Rondale Moore or like a Tutu Atwell yeah, be who was being like used used in weird ways oh, and like just sort of like you. no they're good athletes but you're projecting <laughs> can this guy be successful as a receiver like as just a receiver he was out there as a receiver that's what he was doing and he had you know 1800 yards so um i don't know like i i i am i get it because i am wary of like the profile but i just think I just think it's it's too good to pass up on. Hey, uh, a quick correction on something I said earlier. I said 124 <laughs> catches. It was 117 catches. Just want to. Oh my just god! Make should sure. we, Marissa? Should we restart? <laughs> yeah, I we think should we restart. should just do the whole episode. But I, I, I thought uh, I thought Nick Sirianni did Mount Union receivers proud yesterday, and the way he was talking about the position. I'm I'm curious what Coach Flynn thinks about this debate about uh, the X receiver versus you know the if if. He can play X if you need that prototypical X receiver, or if that can be overblown from our side of the microphone, and that it's it's just get good receivers, and it it doesn't matter the shape or size if they can win their matchup, they can play different spots on the field. And he used the example, of course, of T. Y. Hilton and Dwayne Bolt both playing that spot. Yeah, I think I, I mean I I agree with that. Receiver is not necessarily about just being a big guy or a fast guy it's can you can you win a single and then can you get separation i think Dwayne bow was a bit of a stretch by him Dwayne bow is an absolute <laughs> stud but i'm not sure he was a down in down out x in the nfl um but I, I i agree with that like it doesn't have to be a guy and you it doesn't have to be a guy who's six foot five like that may be how you end up drafting jj ortega Whiteside, right mm-hmm. because we need an x we need a big guy well no, what you need is a guy who can win one-on-one and I think what happened to them last year was Jefferson was that guy, right? And they and they were like, no, he doesn't fit because we already have so-and-so here and so-and-so there. And it's like, yep. find the best guy and put him in a place where he's matched up one-on-one. Why is that usually the X? Because, again, you're in a, you know, a formation where he's by himself, right? There's three guys on one side, the X is on the other. But you also move that guy around to match him up with the nickel, to match him up with underneath coverage, all that stuff. But I think it, the thing the Eagles haven't had is a guy that can do that. Like Alshon Jeffrey could sort of do it three or four years ago, and most of those were contested. Like he right. wasn't he wasn't blowing the top off the defense. He wasn't running by. I mean, Deshaun Jackson did it, you know, in his heyday. Like that's that's who he was. And even then, he two, was two games over the past two two years. Right, right. I mean, my heyday to me is when you know Vic was throwing to him, 
So, and even then he was a, you know, he was a deep threat guy and not a guy that did a lot of 50, 50 stuff. So they, they need that. They need someone to do that. Cause I couldn't tell you, I mean, who consistently was the last guy that did it? Like who was that guy for them? Macklin probably Macklin 2014. Yeah. Macklin 2014. Fogelm. Yeah. Fogelm. They, they moved around quite a bit, but you're right. I was going to go big Bob, but <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to make it too much of a stretch. Uh, I think this is a conversation we've had in the past. Coach, but I'm curious, like, you know, if you're if you're looking at receivers and maybe this is the same for uh, when you're looking at recruits, like what are the skills that you think that like good coaching can improve that that, you know, whether they're good at it or not now doesn't necessarily matter because you think that you can improve those. And what are the skills that are like you either have it or you don't. It's not going to we're not going to be able to change that. Yeah, I don't think long speed, you know, you can you can add it, especially right. at the NFL age, you know, I'm, I'm not sure like pure change of direction, like short air quickness you can fix, but I do think you could become a better route runner. You know, like you can understand leverage. You can use your upper body and lower body together. Like I think you can tighten that. Like the thing I tell my guys all the time, it's like a bicycle. If all the screws and bolts are loose, like you can tighten the screws on your route running and everything's not shaking around. Everything's smooth and mm -hmm. it glides down the street. So I think you can become a better route runner. And the thing I always think you'd be better at is ball skills. You know, because we, we talked about this before. And again, Aguilar is probably the guy we talked about the last time we brought it up. And it's probably the best example now how he played last year. Like you can work on catching the football in a high volume with a low risk of injury, with not a lot of people around in your backyard, you know, with a tennis ball machine, with your dad throwing you the ball. Yeah, I mean, so I think, you know, ball skills are, are something that you can get better at or get more consistent at. And again, I, th I see that's why, why a lot of guys – who can run really fast but don't catch great get drafted because people think oh I can make a catch now that's not always the case but I think you know you can you can really improve somebody as a route runner if you listen this time of year college guys don't teach anybody anything about how to run a route <laughs> or quarterbacks how to read a defense or have more than one one route in the progression so we're, we're all blessed that these NFL guys take this unmolded clay that we give to them in the draft and turn them this. into great football players you know it's just it's so true yeah it's amazing so you know yeah. I mean, as my uncle Joe used to say you know what the hell do I know uh, about wide receiver players <laughs> doing it for 20 years but the the it's just it's amazing to me like every year I get Justin Fields reads one guy every play. Have you watched the tape at all? Like, no, he doesn't. You know, oh, well, these yeah, these uh, college guys, they just hold up a card, and then they run what it says on the card. Like, what? <laughs> I like so, to talk about I, I, the pro-style offenses as, as if every NFL team is 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 running from, like, the I-4 now. And, yeah, you know, teams well, are the, I mean, I'll tell you what, the other thing, Zach, that, that, and Bo, Bo says this a lot on here with, like, Rondale Moore or Elijah Moore or, like, or uh, Kadarius Tony, right? It's like, well – you know, he's going to have to have a very special offensive coordinator for it to work. And I'm like, Rondell Moore, line him up in the slot from a bubble screen, run a jet wow. sweep, let him run a middle of the field glance. Pole. Like, I mean, it, but Bo is, but Bo is right. Like a lot of these guys like won't do it or they can't well, figure it out. Well, just look at Rager last year. Like exactly. Right. The way they used exactly. it. Exactly. You know. It shouldn't be hard. You're right, but they make it. They make it harder. Like they're literally watching tape of somebody. Like if you watch Ole Miss's offense as an offensive coach, if you watch Ole Miss's offense from last year, and you are not like excited by it and stealing every third play from it, you're nuts, mm -hmm. man. I don't know how we're going to use this guy. I mean, what? Like you're you're watching. All I hear is we're watching the tape. We're all we're grinding, we're grinding on the tape. By the way, somebody says tape. It's it hasn't been tape for like twenty years. 
Uh, we're grinding the tape, but you, but you haven't you haven't gleaned anything from what they're good. running play wise. You just know well, yeah, he's good. They haven't coached him at all, but he's good. We when we when we slam him into our system and have him do some stuff that he's not good at, but he's gonna be something else. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 like they're sometimes are bothered that they're going to have to put work into their jobs. You know, like they mm-hmm. can't just say, "All right, draft pick, come out and go cash." Uh, 70 balls for a thousand yards. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, Oh, they scheme stuff up for Devonte Smith. Yeah. Well, that's your freaking job is to scheme stuff up for the players and make their like jobs easier. What do you want to do? Just, just, uh, sit there and do nothing like that. That's almost literally like the definition of the job is to take the players you have and maximize their talents to create the, uh, you know, the, the right. greatest sum out of the part. And, uh, sometimes it, yeah, it, it like, yeah. And you're right. Cause then on one hand they're, they're making, making fun of college uh, schemes and coaches like they're not doing it. It's one read and oh, they're, lo- they're looking at cards. And then on the other hand, well, they scheme things up. Well, which one was it? Were they doing a good job of getting the most out of the player or right, were they not point. doing anything uh, one or the other? So, well, just because you mentioned Justin Fields, I do want your thoughts on him because I think we've probably under discussed the idea yeah. that the Eagles could have just sat at six and like, I mean, I don't know. We'll get to the press conference later. Or like but, you moved up to four or whatever. Right. I mean, what they're yeah. saying publicly is I think what we've heard privately, which is that like, we'll see what we've got with Jalen Hurts. I mean, there has not been this big vote of confidence that, you know, we feel great about it. He showed so much last year. We loved what he showed in the building and he's, you know, he has so much talent and we're excited about what he's going to do this year. It has not, that has not uh, been the case um, from I think people we talked to and what they've said publicly. So I am like wondering, like, you know, we could be sitting here on draft night and whoever, you know, ends up picking at six, whether it's the Dolphins or someone else could be sitting there and there could be a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance available where you didn't have to move at all. And I mean, I don't know these guys, like I don't have, uh, I'll say I don't have like really strong opinions about these guys, but the stuff like I typically don't, the stuff I typically don't like with quarterback prospects, like that's not the case with them. Like accuracy, uh, smarts, athletic, like they've got all those things. Like I see the traits where I'm like, if you're a good coaching staff, these seem like high level prospects. So coach Flynn, I don't know how much you've uh, looked at Lance, but I know you've watched fields a bunch just, uh, you know, on TV or whatever else. I mean, what do you think about these quarterbacks at the top of the draft? Yeah. I mean, Trey Lance, I saw one game because we played his first game was against Butler as a freshman. And he had like eight touchdowns and we're like, oh my God, look at this guy. You know what I mean? So that's, that's the extent of my film study. He's awesome. You know, now okay. again, that's. Bo watched him in person. Yeah. yeah. That's the width and the depth of my Trey Lance. But I think he's pretty okay. good. Yeah. Justin right. Fields. I would say, I would just, I would, I would quickly say to what Shield said about like the kinds of guys I like, I like Lance too, but like the, the profile of lack of like actual reps is, is meaningful and sure. would worry me a little bit, but I still like, you know, I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice. Anyway, go ahead, coach. The, the question I have is, is, and this, this isn't on record anywhere, which is very convenient this time of year, right? Like, I don't think this is, I don't think this is any article. Anybody, I don't think it's on any podcast, but like, I thought last year, the Herbert pushback around this time, because Herbert had one bad game during the season. Everybody was all, you know, he's, he stinks. He should go second round. Like, it's very similar to what it was happening with Fields, mm-hmm. you know, with, oh, you know, he had a bad game against, yeah, bad game against Indiana, he had a bad game against Northwestern. Oh, that's two out of, you know, 25. But my other question is if Zach Wilson, right, or Trevor Lawrence did what Justin Fields did in that semifinal game, yep. which is absolutely get, get knocked in half, right, crushed, got up and threw five, six touchdowns, like, 
would anybody be knocking them? Like, it just seems so disingenuous yeah. to me. Like, the guy had a couple bad games. He also, the rest of the games, he was awesome. Like, flat-out awesome. Accurate, can throw the deep ball, runs well, can take a shot. Does he make mistakes sometimes? Sure. But, like, is there this huge gap between him and the other front two guys? I don't see that at all. You know, I think, again, I think it's very similar to what happened to Herbert last year. It's way overreaction mm-hmm. from playing bad once or twice, which every quarterback doesn't. They all do it. If you look hard enough, you know. I I, I like both those guys. I I like both. I I've liked Fields this whole time, and I admittedly did not watch much Lance until like recent weeks. But I'm with what Shield said. You know, I don't know why the Eagles didn't sit at six, other than I don't think it was as much uh, them saying like we believe in in Jalen Hurts as much as them saying we're not playing this quarterback game this year, right? You know, I I don't think yeah, they want to hitch their scared. wagon to it this year. I think they're scared of the of the uh, you know the lack of information. I think they're using that as as like a, a marching order, and it's also like it's a big swing to take. Obviously, like you know, Howie may be worried about his job to some degree. He, if he if he goes for a quarterback now, that's it. Like this is this is the decision, and it's the same thing for Sirianni. Like you just got this job, and now you're gonna you're gonna roll the dice on this quarterback. Like I'm well, hitched to this guy. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're asking Sirianni whether they should draft well, a quarterback or not. I that's mean, a, that's, really. That's a fair point. <laughs> but like you know, I probably would rather have Justin Fields than Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, maybe maybe the question is, would you rather have Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts and uh, Devontae Smith or whatever? But you know, the the quarterback is what matters. You don't get a lot of chances. I don't know. I think I think I think what you're saying is right, Shield. Like. They stuck at six, and Fields is there. That's tough to pass up. Now, Coach Flynn mentioned the the uh, the the Moors, you know, the the Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore. This is considered a slot, a deep slot class. And I'm curious when you're evaluating these guys, how do you? If you, I, I don't mean to be a heightist because I'm the last one on the set who's allowed to be who's allowed to do that. Uh, but when you're looking at at these like five eight, five nine receivers. How do you know whether this guy's going to be Tavon Austin or this guy's going to be Tyler Lockett? You know, like like the the uh, that gadget gimmicky player or just the just great player regardless of size. Yeah, I think it's the same. You know, it's the same margin error. You know, is it going to be Jajar? Is it going to be Metcalf? You know, you, the mistakes are the same. You know, I think we always have an interior slot guy. Like our leading receiver last year uh, was second in the conference of receptions. He might be five foot eight. You know, he's, flex. he's always, always going to be a slot, but that's, we recruit that position. So like, and I think every offense in football uses it again, some better than others and some have a better idea of what to do. And I, I think if, you know, the, the problem again, Tavon Austin is, is the example everybody uses because he had like an unbelievable game in college. He rushed for like 300 yards against Oklahoma and his stock skyrocketed, you know? So sometimes, you know, some of these guys get overvalued, but you know, there's an old there's an old coaching saying. I think it might be attributed to like Archie Griffin was a player. That's how long ago it is. Like I was born. But like if if you're good enough, you're big enough. You know, so like with these Sports interior guys, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with these interior guys, like you know, you can write them off. But like a lot of times, that's where your best matchups are. You know, that's where you put that guy. You get him against a linebacker sometimes, or you get him against a safety and man coverage. You know, so I think it's you evaluate the position the same way as as the other, as the outside position, you know, you just have to, is there a plan in place to use them when he gets there? You know, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, like those guys can, they were special players because they were really well used. You know, if you watch Rondell Moore against Ohio State as a freshman, like 
good Lord, that's, that's as good of a game as the receiver's going to play. You know, Elijah Moore all year for Ole Miss, you know, 90-yard touchdown catches and just kind of doing everything. So, you know, I think it's it's the, it's the same conversation you have about Devontae Smith. Are they big enough? Can they hold up? Can they win? You know, I don't see it as that different. Uh, nobody lines up with three six-foot-five guys, you know, because those guys aren't going to be your guys that are going to win on the inside a lot. I actually thought that what Sirianni said about receivers yesterday was pretty good about about you know accepting that it's his job, it's the coaching staff's job to get these guys the ball in space. Like that's that's what their job is. It's not it's not to fit the players into their scheme, which you know it could just be lip service. But I uh, you know I thought I thought that was good. That's that's what you want to hear. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I think that's yeah that that's one of those things that I feel like every coach says, and you kind of judge right. them by what they do. So we'll see. It. You're right. It is good. He's been pretty consistent with that the whole time. That like you know we'll figure it out based on the players we have, and that is the right right mindset. Uh, it's easier uh, said than done. But I mean, uh, if if he can't get receivers right, Sirianni like coaching receivers, then then like nothing else is going to work. That's what that's what he should be best at, right? So. Yeah, he, anyway. he he was uh, he was getting fired up about that. Rondale Moore drew. I think I I talked about him last podcast, but just in terms of watching uh, highlights and like uh, gasps per second or something like like Rondale Moore l- led all wide receivers in the Capadia household in that. I was mm. just watching him like, oh my god, get some get me like the old uh, Phoenix Suns uh, training staff or something and keep this guy healthy so we can watch him uh, for the next five, six, uh, seven, eight years because I thought he was fun. Um. One guy we wanted to uh, certainly talk about, and we've discussed him. I, it's probably not going to be an Eagles target, but I did want to get your thoughts uh, on Kyle Pitts. Oh, uh, yes. I had, uh, you know, I had uh, <laughs> Zach, Zach just perked up like he, he well, just woke, he just like he just snorted something. Well, I, I've been all over the place in uh, w- with my Kyle Pitts thoughts. I think at six, I thought you can't take a tight end here. I was still having flashbacks to uh, hashtag resources. Uh, many years ago. Uh, and then I like, you know, started watching Kyle Pitts and basically just saw what everybody else had been saying about him uh, for months. So I think it's like a philosophical question and then just a question about the player. But I am interested in Coach Flynn when you compare, like, let's say you're um, sitting there at 12 or even some of the teams that are drafting earlier and it's like Kyle Pitts or one of these other wide receivers. How do you sort of weigh that when you're looking at building your offense? Yeah, what's interesting now, I think everybody as an offensive coach, thinks they have Travis Kelsey as their tight end, mm. right? So they come up with like all these elaborate 12 personnel plays and we're going to throw this shot play to this hand in the dirt run blocking guy because we're going to utilize our tight end, but they don't have that guy. Take around, baby. Yeah, exactly. Right. Or, or the guy we threw the ball to on fourth down and goal last year. That was his first target of his life. <laughs> King Butler is one, that, is one target. That's one still snap an all year. time. Wow. What a play. Thank you. I That had like – Flew out of my brain. That was no longer in my memory. But I, that is, a, I will tell you now, that is an Osprey-nominated play. Mm, wow, exciting. Wow. As it should be. So the, but the, but I think Pitts is that kind of guy. Like, again, it, it, this is another uh, Princeton wide receiver Zoom meeting cut up where we watched him and his. There, there are some like unbelievable fundamental moments. Like he can drop his hips. He can win in transition like an outside receiver can. You know, but a, a, a lot of it is just running through contact right or, or playing above the rim and going up and getting the ball and he's just he's a different guy like he is that guy I think he is a he is a guy where you can put him in a Travis Kelsey kind of role you know and not I think a lot of tight ends have gotten kind of blown up to again because that's everybody thinks this is a new thing where you utilize a tight end and play action and all, all the stuff they should be doing but they don't have the personnel to do it I think he's the player to do it 
Like, again, who was he doing it against? They're lining him up against other teams' best corner into the boundary in the SEC. And he's doing like the old 1970s swim move, which nobody teaches anymore because it exposes your entire upper half, and he's winning with it. You know, like this hand comes down and it just murders the guy, and now he's open. So I, I think he's that kind of talent. I mean, I really – now, again, it, it, like to Bo's caveat here is, well, he's got to go to the right guy. Well, all these guys already think they're doing this. They're just doing right. it with players who I don't think are good enough to do it. You know, where this is a guy who is. Yeah, I, 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 I think ahead. that that's uh, I, I think when we were doing our rankings, that that's was one of the thoughts that I had is like every tight end gets talked about like Kyle Pitts. And so it annoys me because I'm like, no, TJ, like TJ Hawkinson or, right. you know, TJ like Hawkinson. Noah, like, all right, they might be fine players, but, you know, oh, mismatch probably you can move them all over the place. And I'm always like, you know, if a guy is that good and you don't have like talent around him, the other defensive coordinator can just do what coach Flynn said and say, all right, let's take one of our corners and put him on the tight end. If the tight end's being split out wide and that might just totally take him out of the game. But like you said, in college, I mean, there are clips of him beating JC Horn, who's going to be a first round corner um, there. So I I was watching like, all right, it was, but what, what's the, what was the crave on the Blanca? Great quote. Down the leg. What, what was it exactly? Yeah, I mean, you, you go out there. You can either you can either give up or you can piss down your leg or you can. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the other thing was. Okay, just, yeah, you strap up. He or, did not or piss, piss down, down the your leg, leg basically. basically. Well, yeah. no, well, no. So I I was thinking like you know I I know um you know draft research and uh, the process is very complicated. But I was just thinking like get as many guys as you can get that makes the other team piss down their leg. You know, and like, I would think that would be Kyle Pitts, like on, you know, during the week they're watching, you know, a guy like that on film or during warmups, or I guess it's the old, like, you know, get off the bus kind of, you know, uh, thing, just the guy who's, you're like, all right, that guy's going to be a a problem now. Um, Bo, I know you've, you can probably expand on it, but like we've talked about it. I mean, the history of first round tight ends is not good. This is not a position that the NFL has scouted well. And so you can take all those things into account. It's not dissimilar to the Devonte Smith thing like you are you would be counting on sort of the exception the outlier here I just saw it and I was like all right I'm not you know I don't want to be the guy who, who says uh Kyle Pitts isn't going to be that good because like you're just watching right. him going like all right this is your red zone offense you know this guy can be one of your top two receivers on like a top five offense I think you, you can certainly say he can be like an 1100 yard uh season receiver and so he's got that upside but again you should take that also into account the history there I would just say rewind the tape and and listen to Coach Flynn and I talking about Kyle Pitts the last time he was on, and <laughs> and it's uh, wow. I, I I think she and Bo are finally catching up to it now. I don't think Bo I think Bo is st- staying. No, strong. I I think of I think of Kyle Pitts like Quentin Nelson, where like you're telling me he is he is like a sure fire Pro Bowler, and he better be to take him that early at that position. And Quentin Nelson turned out. To be great, he's he he is who everybody said he was going to be. I w- I wouldn't have made that pick because if he's anything less than that, it's not good value, and that's sort of how I feel about Pitts. Like if he's just, you know, the fifth best tight end in the league, is that good enough? Is that like changing your offense enough for the for however high he's going to get taken? It's a, it's a bit of a of a risk. But if he if he is as like surefire dominant as Quentin Nelson was. He he has to be like he has to be that good to make it worth it. So I don't you know, I haven't I haven't like watched him enough to to have a an opinion on that. I trust everybody who says he is, so that's fine. But it's just like the, the margin of error is so slim for him to be worth it at that spot. Sure. 
That's yeah, all. yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, no, I, I think what you said is right. It is. We talked about last podcast. Is you know, you also have to take into account, I guess, this draft class and where you are at twelve, and what the other right. options are, and what positions are strong, and what positions uh, are not strong. But he is, uh, he is certainly an exciting player, and we'll see where he goes. He's a Philly guy, so he checks off Zach's box, <laughs> box and he's, uh, I think, twenty. He's twenty, 20 years right? old. He turns, I know, he turns yeah, twenty-one. I, mean, I do like that. That's you know crazy. That. Yeah. I mean, that you know, he he like yeah, he could really just be scratching the surface. It also uh, now it right also now. historically takes tight ends a long time that's to be. True productive good um, this team's gonna stink next year like anyway even Travis Kelsey. I have a yeah, I have a level of competition question for, for for coach Flynn here and this is something that that we've discussed in passing I would go Ivy number one <laughs> SEC have we discussed this in in passing a few times talking about Trey Lance talking about uh you know the uh, the opposing defensive backs but this is something that comes up with Eagles fans who say the Eagles take say say too many Pac-12 players or they're not taking the Alabama guys. They're not taking the Ohio State guys. I'm I'm curious. Do you see a pronounced difference in looking at these prospects when you're looking at the top SEC programs compared to everything else, and then the BCS programs compared to the FCS programs? I think positionally you do. You know, I think like the defensive linemen, the defensive backs in the SEC are different than in a lot of leagues. Uh, you know, I think now again some of this is. This is, I think, where the analytics stuff should come in because some of this, you know, we haven't picked an Alabama guy in however many years. Well, Alabama guys, too, I think, as of late, have been often injured and and sometimes worn out when they get to the league, you know. So I think, you know, you you can spin those either way, you know, as all they're not doing a good job evaluating or is it is it really a place that we should be taking a player from every year? So I think I think that's I think that's a little bit overblown. You know where it's oh well they, they they're trying to recruit this one league and they're not trying to recruit the other you know or they're trying to bring guys in from these places like I don't know if if that's necessarily the case uh, you know the rap the rap a couple of years ago was you know teams weren't drafting Pac-12 teams because the games were on too late you know it's like, I mean what does that what does that even mean we like, love that one you know yeah. what they you know what I think Howie never realized is that maybe the problem is that you're up late watching it you're not fully functioning and so you're talking yourself into guy like you're you're just close to sleeping That's this true. is not you working on 100% scouting you should have taken that into account I, I know coach Flynn and I can relate to that you know you're falling asleep your eyes are closing on the couch and it's you know like uh, 10 30 and yeah how are you supposed to really see what these guys are doing in the fourth quarter I mean I would think that a DVR system or something would really mm. uh you know, in addition to Zoom, if they could, if if they could learn these DVRs, you know, whether it's YouTube TV or whatever system they have, uh, you know, really could, Good really could. Well, let's not, I mean, yeah, let's not forget really what an unbelievable job the NFL did with the draft last year. I mean, that was remarkable. They they said the picks on Zoom, then they went to the players on Zoom who were celebrating. I mean, how could they pull that off? Yeah, I, I'm still amazed by it here. Limited resources. Yeah, if I, I don't, don't get a yeah. shot of Goodell's uh, football watching share again this year, I'm going to be well. It's it's in it's in person this year, so you won't. Get I still want the chair, man. No, the, but the but but to the he level wears, he shows up in a t-shirt on day three, like <laughs> yeah, he's like he's Joe joking. Casual, first time he's ever worn a t-shirt in his life. But I I am curious though, should the helmet matter when you look at these players? Like they you you hear often. Iowa. Like John Brown when he's got that huge helmet. <laughs> no, like you hear about the Iowa Shut. offensive lineman or the the Ohio State defensive lineman, or be careful taking a quarterback from this school or a wide receiver from 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 this program. Like, does, is that something you would no, factor in? No, or do you yeah, just I would eliminate, eliminate it, Zach. Like to okay. me, I mean, you can you know, 
where'd Steve McNair play? You know, he played, you know, like, we, R- Rich Gannon, State, yeah. we talked about it. I, I hate Delaware, but, you know, he's a Delaware guy. Like, there's there's great, you know. You know St. Joe's Pratt. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, I mean, Antonio Brown. You can kind of go all over the place. Yeah. I think when you do that, again, I think that's the, we're talking about the balance, you know, between the scouts who have kind of been, I'm a Moneyball guy. You know, I love the book. I love the movie. I'm an analytics guy. But, like, the scouts have kind of been vilified some. You know, as ah, these guys, you know, they're all crusty old guys and they're untaking Iowa linemen like Zach is saying all this. But like, it really has to be a balance of the two and they really have to get along. And I think that really the getting along is where you get the balance. And I don't think that happens a lot. of. I read an unbelievable article about the Eagles on the athletic, you know, where there's a lot of tension between those two two spots. But that I mean, honestly, that that's that's a recipe for disaster. You know, if you're all, all not working together, not listening to each other, you know, it, it's a good way to be bad. I think there's only one exception to the don't scout the school, and that would be don't take anyone from uh, the University of Pennsylvania. No, 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 no comment. Oh, I you were say no Wake comment. Forest. Yeah, I you were say then you miss Forest out on Super Bowl stuff. winner Justin Watson, right? I'll take. <laughs> I'll take that. I will. Uh, I will live. He with was that. a stud, by the um, way. He was a great we, player. <laughs> South Fayette High School, Western Pennsylvania. We recruited him at Villanova. He's a great player. Two touchdowns against us. Mm. Penn's only went against Villanova in the past 115 years. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, we some of these other receivers, Coach. You 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 said uh, over text. Sorry, Zach. That uh, you love all these guys. So uh, I don't know if there are a few guys who stand out to you, but but are there anyone uh, you know beyond the the, the top? You know, three guys I, really I, like? I hate to agree with you on anything, Bo, but I like Tyami Brown from UNC. I'm a big throw the ball deep guy. He was an unbelievable nice. yards per catch guy for them. And then I like he, he played for Clemson, and he was a, like a senior only player. But Cornell Powell is a guy that jumped jumped oh, out to be as like a late round guy, like a fifth, sixth. He crushed uh, the, the DB for Ohio State. Is it Wade? Is it Wade? Sean yeah, Wade. He, yeah, he just screwed him into the ground like three or four times in that playoff game. And I think he's he's got a shot to be a pretty good player. Uh, but yeah, I, that's the problem with me. I'm like, oh, he's great. Oh, man, he's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God, how good is that guy? You know, like, so it, it's it take me with a grain of salt. You know, like I said, what the hell do I know? But I'll, I mean, well, every one of them, like you, you could, I could be talked into Rondell Moore number three. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how <laughs> gullible I am. You know how much of a receiver nerd I am. What What about the? Uh, you know, I, I I think you you like these clips. You know of the like receivers with just the elite footwork at the line of scrimmage. I feel like Rashad Bateman is like the king of that. Just watching his clips be circulated, where like the true wide receiver guru slash nerds are like you know oh my gosh look at this guy and i thought he he looked fantastic like i feel like he's gonna he might go um in the first round and might go higher than uh people think but what have you seen from him yeah the game the game that stands again it it, it really for me it's like have i seen you play and did you kill it you know and him against penn state i think it was in 19 right where he just (laughs) we was just all (laughs) over the place you know what i mean like they couldn't they they couldn't stay within five yards of him um and, and I don't, it's funny to me because like all these guys seem really big, you know, and then, they, then I look at, you know, Dane, tell me about the, it. <laughs> <laughs> I look at, I look at Dane's, you know, the, the beast and I'm like, Oh, he's an undersized guy at six two two oh five. I'm like, well, that's not all that undersized. You know what I mean? I mean but he right. plays big to me. Like he's a guy that, you know, he goes up and, and t- wins some 50 fifties against good players and, you know, runs through some tackles and he really shows up a good amount. Uh, now, Coach, did you have breakfast this morning? Uh, yes, I did. I had to uh, 
typical uh, monster mean bean and uh, Reese's cup, big cup. Mm. I guess that means you're not a you're not a hungry. Unbelievable. Guy. You probably you're probably the kind of weak guy who uh, uses uh, air conditioning and heat in his car. Yeah, that was that guy. What is he doing? Do you want to explain that, Bo, or just assume everybody has seen the clip? The that Portland State Bay. If you're not following Portland State basketball, yes. Is that Julius Thomas? Portland State basketball. Is that right? I think yeah, that's right. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So he gives his introductory press conference and says he's the kind of guy who uh, not so Julius hungry. Thomas, the coach, <laughs> the, the yeah. new coach. Right. Yes, this yeah. new coach who like looks like very dweeby. Um, that like he doesn't eat breakfast in the morning because he wants to be hungry for lunch and. He, he practices mental toughness by not having air conditioning or heat in his car. That's the dumbest thing. That, again, to me, yes. to me, if that's who you are, that's who you are. Like you get up there and you're going to, you're going to talk right. that way. And, and you know, these platitudes and these coachisms and, but man, it, to me, just when it comes out of my mouth, it just sounds unbelievably phony. You know, like, I don't know how, like saying that to the players, like what does the player respond to that with? Like, right. <laughs> And how far do you take it? Like you just you deprive yourself of sleep right. every I mean, night. Like you, you got you're gonna be living a healthy life, dude. That was again. That was the whole you know, the whole rock paper scissor deal. Like from yesterday. Like, like I get it. it, it it's it not fine. a big deal. But like the other thing is like I've been a the competitive thing is a pretty easy thing to paint somebody into a corner because what no matter what knucklehead thing you do, hey, I'm just being competitive. Well, then that person's gonna answer. What what's that person's recourse? I don't want to do this nonsense. Does that make me non-competitive? Am I, you know, do I not want to compete? Like, you know, like I've been in like line during training camp and some guy cut, you know, gets cut. I'm I'm competing. No, no, you're cutting the line, dude. Like get in the back. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) so I just think that turns into like a real, you know, it's, we compete in everything we do. Like you're competing at doing the dishes. Really? Like, uh, no, like stop it. Like it doesn't make sense. You know? So when I go to the grocery store, it's like the AFC championship game. Like, Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think the uh, rock, paper, scissors thing was a, a big deal. He, he was showing some uh, personality, oh, and I like that he was taking you like inside what they do a little bit. Uh, I think like the bigger issue, and again, this isn't like directly related, is just like NFL people think they're like have like psychology degrees or like, you know, uh, are psychiatrists. I mean, how often are they telling you like, oh, you know, we could tell this guy's makeup or competitiveness or that kind of thing. It's like, you're not really qualified to do that. I mean, so much of the scouting process is they're talking about that stuff. And I'm always going like, all right, you know, you you might be like a really good coach, but like, I don't, yeah, I don't, you know, you don't know a lot about this person's background. You're talking to them for a half an hour. You're, you're judging like how you think their skills are going to translate. Like that's where I think the scouts really come in. And you have to be talking to the people like the story you did, Bo, uh, you know, at the schools about and having building up good sources there and having people who are around the players every day tell you uh, a little bit about that stuff. But it's always so funny to me how they think like and especially coaches like they're coming into the process late and they're having these uh, Zoom calls or in a normal year meeting with them at the combine or going to work them out. And it's like then they'll draft a player and just they'll tell you, wow, here, here's why I could really tell what was in this guy's heart. It's like, all right, that's probably going to lead to a, a lot of mistakes. I don't think you're qualified to do that. In Sirianni's case, I I think that what worked for him is is that I do believe that's genuine. Like, I think that is who he is. Yeah, I, I I don't think it was contrived or manufactured. And I yeah, think, this wasn't. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't about. Yeah, him, yeah. yeah. I so I, I think like 
with because I, I know it's become a big deal in Philadelphia. But authenticity, man. I, I mean, I I think Coach Flynn could could tell us more than the three of us. But from what I gather in coaching, authenticity matters, right? Like whoever you are, just be that person. If you try to be a hard, uh, you know, if you if, if, if you try to come <laughs> off as something you're not, the players will tell pretty quickly. Yeah. No. Now, Coach, you also wanted to uh, unveil a take on the well, Uber Athletic. Well, didn't even let Coach Flynn <laughs> respond to that. I mean, Zach set him up. And no, I think, yeah, I mean, I think now you know Zach's spot like. on. Like, he is – it does come off as a little bit corny, but it but it is who he is. You know, and I mean, I think that you got to be who you are. You know, otherwise it's – some people will buy it, some people won't, but there is no alternative. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to try the other – you're definitely going to fail if you try to be exactly. some tough guy or, you know, that's just – there's no shot that's going to work. Uh, Zaven Collins, the Tulsa linebacker. Yeah. So again, this is why you need a personnel department and not just coaches. Because I, I was, I think they, I think Tulsa was playing UCF. I'm like, oh my god, who is this guy? He makes every tackle. I think he just, I think he just sacked the quarterback and returned the quarterback's helmet for a touchdown. Drafted number one. <laughs> you know, like he's, I, I, I've seen him play like twice. He's unbelievably good. He looks huge. He looks like he's like six foot seven on TV. Right. But, but again, that's why you can't let coaches do this. You need some people. To, and I, I, still, I still think he's a really good player, but I don't, I mean, that's the extent yeah. of what I know about him. But I'd be like, yes, take Rondell Moore at three, Zayvon Collins at two, and we're good. Trade our whole draft for those two guys. There you go. That's why I'm not doing it. I, I would, yeah, I, I would agree with that. The 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 YouTube highlights of Zayvon Collins are among like the best of I think any uh, defensive player in this draft. I had the same thing as you. I'm like, oh my gosh, who is who is this guy? Like a, a blend of like uh, uh, KJ Wright and Fred Warner, and you know this guy looks like the the best athlete uh, in the draft. Also in, in Dane's um, in Dane's draft guide, high school valedictorian. Uh, this mm. one actually made me mad. I actually said to my wife, I go. How is how does like one person be so smart that he can he can be a high school valedictorian and then a first round pick in the NFL? Like how you know shouldn't shouldn't the wealth be spread around a little bit in terms of like the talent and stuff that doesn't? What if it was like a what if it was a school where it was like a class of four people? Well, yeah, well maybe that's it. That's probably in the draft guide. I I might might have missed that. I'm sure it has the class size in there. Now I know I know Zach popped earlier for uh, the Kyle Pitts conversation. I think he's going to pop equally for this. You have a story about Tano Passignan. Yeah, yes. so, okay, so there has been, now, th- again, this is a success has many fathers uh, example here. Tano, uh, this, there's a story about how he got recruited. That is that is mostly true, but when you work somewhere as long as I worked at Tano's alma mater, these stories tend to spin out into, like, legend and myth. So Tano what was, yes, the coach recruiting Tano saw him in the school and said, hey, come to camp which every assistant coach does in the spring for a straight month. Tano came to camp, the first camp in June. He didn't go to many other camps because he was doing, you know, business leaders of America. Future business leaders yeah, of America. Did, that yeah. is true. Yeah. But he came to camp. He worked out as a receiver and tight end. He didn't catch one pass. He dropped every pass. He ran unbelievably well. He changed direction. Sees like 6'5", 220. Unbelievably well. I'm like, this dude's not an offensive player, but he's awesome. And then he went to the defensive line workout. We had an old-time D-line coach named Dave Salazzo, who was like, this dude is a killer. Take him. But we, <laughs> but we had the meeting afterwards, and it wasn't like there were 11 coaches in there saying, take Tano. He's, he's going to be an NFL player. He's going to win a Super Bowl. 
it was everybody liked him. The D line coach said, if we don't take this guy, you know, I'm, I'm quitting. Like that's, he, he stood on the table for Tana. And then yeah. when Tana was a player in our infinite wisdom, we moved him to tight end for like two weeks in spring. And the, and the, the nice. new D line coach was like, if you don't move him back, like I'm going to have a stroke. Like we need him on defense. <laughs> so like the idea that like we, Tana was discovered by Villanova and we immediately knew he was for us. And like, yeah, Tana was recruited hard. Luckily, we're the only camp he went to. He crushed it. But, like, it, it's not like this, you know, it turned into, like, this unbelievable, I found him. No, get out of here. He came to camp and killed it and earned a scholarship and worked his tail off into being a great player. He's an unbelievably good person. Uh, he, he Everything he did, you know, he's a guy, she'll, like, Sunday morning after game, he'd be in a locker room, like, studying for class. And we'd have, like, four sacks the day before and a scoop and score for a touch. I'm like, wow. Tana, what are you doing? I'm writing a paper. You know, like that, that he deserves the credit in the thing. Not, you know, we're just lucky the, like yeah. the build of the coaching staff. We almost fumbled the bag and messed it up, but we didn't like we recorrected. <laughs> so, thanks to a couple of defensive line coaches that were like, you guys are nuts. Do this. So this is terrific. And, and, and this, this shows our listeners kind of how the sausage is made because in, in, in one square here, you have, Coach Flynn telling everyone the true story, okay? And, and, and then you talk about the myth-making. I see on my computer screen here, uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, January 26, 2017, okay, by Zach Berman, staff writer in Mobile, <laughs> Alabama. Uh, uh, Mark Ferrante did not visit West Haken High School in May 2011, intending to find one of the most intriguing defensive end prospects in this year's <laughs> NFL draft. And I literally have the entire thing there about how he bumps into this guy in the hallway uh, and 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 then invites him to the camp. Which um, is all true. Like, yeah, that so, happened. But he, also, yeah, but, bumped, but he like, also bumped into six guys in six different hallways yeah. that they invited them to camp. <laughs> Like, but, but, but like, this is like the, the, the Disney movie version. And then when people say like, did you actually read the book? You know, like what coach Flynn's telling you is the book. And what my story is, is, is like what, what got put on the big screen basically. That's good stuff. I like that. All right. Any other questions for coach? Uh, all right. Last one from me. You're at 12 Jalen Waddle and Devante Smith are on the board. Uh, they call you up. They say, uh, Coach Flynn, we don't like those birds with friends, guys, but uh, we did like your appearance on there. We're torn here. It's 2v2 in the draft room. Who are we taking? I mean, you would really have to delete everything I just said if I went Jalen Waddle here, wouldn't you? Like, I'd be the biggest fraud going. So I gotta go. Well, we didn't ask you. Uh, to be fair, we didn't ask you about Jalen Waddle. So, you know, maybe. maybe and I do. You, of you course, I like him. him. Uh, I like everybody. Much. You know, but I, I and he yeah. played hurt in the championship game. Like, if there's not a coach. What what a what a crazy idea! Like I never would have done it if I was him, but like there's not a coach in America who's like I love this guy. He's limping around in a championship game, and he's awesome. But I gotta go, right. Devontae Smith. I have to. Okay, and then and then my quick hitter question, and, and this is something Bo posed to Dane the other day. You have your option of of corner and in first round, receiver in second round. So so let's say Sertain and and Terrace or or J.C. Horn and and Terrace Marshall Jr. or perhaps even Bateman. Or you can get Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle in the first round and then pick your, your other position in the second round. You know, are, are you taking a high-level receiver in the first or because of the depth of the class, are you waiting until the second and addressing a different position? i got to take the receiver in the first only because they screwed it up last year. And I've dedicated my life mm-hmm. since 1998 to 
catching a ball. So if I went DB, I mean, again. Yeah, what, yeah what, how could you, how could you show on. your face if you said I'll take the receiver I, I, first? I, I'll get killed. And rightfully so. I should. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Coach, thanks for joining us. Of course, uh, you can follow Coach Flynn on Twitter at, what is it? What is the actual it's handle? at Coach oh, underscore Flynn, F-L-I-N-N. Don't forget that. Thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll be back after this. See you soon, guys. Take it easy. All right. Thanks again to Coach Flynn for dropping by and uh, dropping some knowledge. The, the last question you asked, Zach, you know, I've been thinking about this, like corner. I really feel like, like corner is being overrated as a need for the Eagles. Like, yes, they like they don't have good corners, but this season doesn't matter for them from like the grand roster building scale. Corners are not like playable zone corners are not that hard to find. So if unless Smith and Waddle are off the board and like, you know, it's just Sertan or JC Horn is the, is the best graded player on the board. That's fine. I'm OK with that. But I don't think that they need to draft a corner in the second round just because they don't have somebody to play opposite Darius Slay right now. And really, like, you know, I don't think Avante Maddox is great on the outside, but, like, you could do worse probably. I would. I think the more I think about, like, pairing first round and second round, the more I like the idea of wide receiver defensive end. Well, somebody did a very poor job then drafting in the Duck Duck Juice draft then because well, that was my top pick. because you're get, like, they're yeah. going to draft a corner. They yeah. could draft so, multiple corners. No, I, I, I see your point, and I actually agree with you in the sense that um, I, I did an, an exercise on, on The Athletic where all the beat writers were GMs, and, and uh, I, I realized that if the Eagles don't go cornerback in the first round, the value in the second round, because you don't force the position because – you have a need there, especially in the situation the Eagles are in now, where they're they're clearly rebuilding this this roster. And I, I do think, and and Bo hit it on the head when uh, in our ranking players at at, at, at thirty seven, thirty seven could be a sweet spot for the edge rushers. So I would definitely pay attention to that. I think I like the the Georgia corners maybe more than you guys do. In particular, I I like Tyson Campbell who we did not have on that list mm-hmm. at the of ranking players at, at 37. But I do think that the Eagles can probably find a corner in the third round who might not be that much different like grade-wise than who they would have at 37. Whereas I don't think I, I think there will be a bigger divide between the edge rushers. Like I think it, right. at 37 they'll be able to find an edge rusher who might be a first round caliber player where I don't know if you'll find a first round caliber corner at 37. When do we get to hear from uh, one Jonathan Gannon? After the draft, I imagine. At some point in, okay. uh, I, I would imagine like mid-May to early June, we would hear from him. Okay. Basically, the only thing we've seen from him produced by the Eagles is like the hug he gave uh, Anthony Harris. Right, it's a strong hug. Now well, he 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 had uh, an 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 interview on the team's website. Okay. Um, but it was more based on kind of his his background and his influences. And I think the Eagles are being. Uh, and I understand why they're doing this as much as like I want to get information out to the public. They're trying to be purposely vague about what their scheme is going to be because they think there is a competitive advantage oh, in free agency and the draft for the reason that Bo mentioned, like zone corners. Well, they're probably going to do corners. this into they, they got if they're going to do that, they got to commit to it through week one, right? <laughs> they got to do it all of all of training camp. 
I think they were thinking about it from a player acquisition perspective. Um, yeah, but what about I mean, what he, about catching the uh, the offense yeah. off guard? And we now can't. he's required to talk during the summer, or, or, or I'm sorry, during the spring and then during the summer. But the, he can remain vague. You know, we we got to see our personnel, that kind of thing. But I don't think they want anyone to know what kind of scheme they're they're running, even though what you're hearing in, in, in back channels, it's going to be comparable to what the Vikings have run. Man, wait till they play cover two or cover three in week one. Talk, <laughs> no talk, ever seen it. <laughs> talk about piss down the leg. I mean, my gosh, I'm already feeling for the, uh, for the opposing coach and quarterback there. Well, I, I was, just, I was only asking because Avante Maddox, I think is an interesting player because mm-hmm. uh, theoretically, if you are playing a lot of, uh, you know, cover two, in this scheme, I feel like he, you know, that would suit him better um, if they're looking at him as an outside corner, like you, you know, I, I would think. But uh, we'll see. Anyway, but the thing about corners too is, like, once you know, Darius Slay is thirty years old, right? I, I know they restructured his deal, so he's going to be here for for two years, it looks like. And then Avante Maddox is entering the last year of his contract, so right. this is a long term need. Is it, it's not just is a, yeah. is a huge long term need. Exactly. I just I just don't think they need to like Push go it. out of their way to address it at the sure. top of the draft. I mean, look at where like starting corners come from across the league. It's not all at the top of the draft, which is the opposite of receiver. Like there are the wide receiver hit rate in the first couple rounds is bad, but almost all of the good receivers come you know, are picked early in the draft. It's not the case that way with corner, and it's more the case that way with defensive linemen. So, I don't know. I would – I like, Sertan is, and, and Horn are, are sort of different. The first round is different because that's just maybe how the, the players are going to be stacked. But if they don't take a corner in round one, I would be sort of disappointed if they take a corner in round two. Nothing like paying so. a, uh, a corner – 16 million for his age 30 and age 31 mm. seasons when you're shifting to a zone, but theoretically shifting. Don't to forget a giving up a third and fifth scheme. round pick. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. I um, will take the L on that one. Okay. Mm. All right. What do we got? Okay. Uh, so we've got some more uh, Eagles draft talk. We're going to do our annual turkeys to the kingdom draft. Uh, I guess not draft, but uh, for those of you who are new, we will have a hundred turkeys each for each question and we will disperse them how we see fit in terms of what we think the most likely outcomes are so uh, i sent you guys these ahead of time although i actually didn't do the work myself uh so the first one trade up from 12 stay at 12 or trade down from 12 how do you have uh, those bad boys stacked i'll jump in because i i did the work ahead of time here um i don't know if Thank you. Did you, uh, yeah, I don't want Bo to have a competitive okay. advantage. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, write, I'm, writing, I'm writing mine down now. Okay. I'm writing mine down now. Okay. I, 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 and I mentioned this on the show the other day. I had this 30 for trading up from 12, 30 for trading down from 12, and 40 for staying at 12. Uh, wow. So I, I really think wow. it's it's almost like an even distribution. Now, it's last year, of course, I was uh, like terribly fence-sitting on every question and uh, got the deserved amount of guff from both of you for that, so I'm trying to not do that this time. Okay. Who won? So this you went, last you year? went, you went thirty, thirty, and forty on staying at twelve. Zach. Correct. Okay. Do we know who won this game last year? Did I believe you this? won this game. Oh, defending champ. That's right. At you. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, I believe last year you won this and the woodpecker you rather draft, uh-ho. which we will do next week, which is the players we think the Eagles will select. Mm. But Zach won the duck duck juice, which is eh. a slightly more prestigious. Eh, I, I would, I would disagree. But anyway, uh, okay, I will go. I have. 66, stay at 12. Oh, damn. God, you have bit uh, me. I have 22, 
trade back. And as I said during our last pod, I just have a hard time seeing a player that it would be worth moving up for given where they are. And so I have 12 for trading up. Yeah, you uh, you did a better job. I feel the same way as you, but you did a better job wagering than I did. Well, that's I good. We know 60. you're being honest. Oh, good. I, I did 60 stay at 12, uh, 25 trade down, and 15 trade up. Okay. So there you go. Uh, next up, we have uh, the Eagles right now have 11 picks on their scheduled uh, coffer for this year. Of course, five of them in round six and seven. So how do you guys balance out the Eagles make 11 picks? They make fewer than 11 picks, or they make more than 11 picks. Uh, I just have to point out here, in the text you sent us with these questions, you wrote less than 11 picks, Bo. And I know that's your um, you know, a pet peeve of yours. So I did write down on my sheet, less or fewer, with a star there to call okay. you out. Because I don't, I don't know that in uh, you know four plus years of the pod, we've been able to do that with you, even though you've done it to everyone else. So uh, today's a good day for me. That's fair. I guess uh, yeah, maybe texting, you don't know, hold yourself to the same standards. No, I, I, I was just going to say, I, I appreciated how disappointed you looked in I yourself. I am disappointed in but myself. Then, but then you went and you used, uh, <laughs> you used an excuse for it. All right. Uh, You're right. I, You're right. I, I deserve I, to be castigated. All right. Did you write down yours for the, these? Bob? I did. I did. Okay. Uh, I can start out this one. I have more than 11 picks, uh, six turkeys. I mean, that, okay. that'd be a lot of picks, 12 picks. Uh, fewer than 11, I have 67 picks. So I think, I think they make some type of deal okay. at some point here and end up with fewer. And I have 27 for exactly 11 picks. Um, I went a little bit harder. Um, I went 85 less than 11. Ooh. Uh, 13, 11, and 2 for more than 11. Wow. Hmm. Uh, yeah, they're going to make more than 11 picks. Yeah. That'd be nuts. And they could. I mean, they certainly could. Yeah. But. For more than 11 picks, I went 15. For 11 picks, I went 60. For less than 11 picks, I went 25. Really? You think they're going to make all 11 picks? Well, I mean, they could trade okay. yeah, two I mean, here yeah, and then yeah, trade. Yeah, I then, that yeah. crazy. So, yeah, I, okay. I, I mean, I, I think it could come out at the end at 11, right? So Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, that brings into a question this next one, which is straight up yes or no, will the Eagles make some type of trade during draft weekend, that includes a veteran that could be going or coming. Yes or no? Well, give me the uh, let's let's talk this one out. Let's talk this through. Yeah, let's talk it out. For going, I guess Zach Ertz would still be the yes. pro, the number one guy, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And who who else is even in that conversation? I Brandon still Brooks believe Dillard. I still believe around. Dillard is in that oh, conversation. Oh, that's a nice I like that. Uh, Brooks has been has been mentioned as a possibility. Um, Who else could you trade? Flipping, you flipping, uh, flipping J. Joff for a, a swamp of seventh round picks. Um, you might as well. Let me. No, I, <laughs> actually, I would not do that. I would rather let let let's see if Sirianni's got some wide too. receiver magic. Okay, let's see um, if he can get some. I'm just trying to think if there's anybody else who's even. I don't not think really. so. I mean, I thought Kelsey earlier Lane the offseason. Johnson, season. but he can't be traded till after June. Yeah, no, I think Zach. Are we missing anybody here? I don't think so. I'm, I mean, yeah, no, Derek I, Barnett, I don't think so. That's a sleeper. That's a true. That's okay. true. Especially, if you end, you know, you, you you take a defensive end in the second round, maybe you're trading 
Drayden Barnett. I don't know. Or it's just given that this isn't a great defensive, uh, you know, an edge, a great edge rusher class. Maybe right, you. The, uh, yeah. I mean, when when Kyle Pitts seemed like a possibility at six, I, I said, why don't you trade Dallas Goddard, right, and, instead of giving him an extension? But I don't think yeah. they're going to get Pitts now, and I think they're going to turn to Goddard. So. Okay. Uh, it has been weird. Have the Jets and Eagles made any trades since Joe Douglas became their GM? Good one. I don't no, think there's so. there's been a lot of like waiver claims, okay. you know, players going back and forth between the teams, but yeah. I don't believe they they've Josh specifically Adams made famously. trades. Yes, yes. I because they need a a guard in the worst way, and I know they're not in mm. win now mode, but like Brandon Brooks, great you, great you culture a guy, quarterback, you got to protect him, right? right? Yeah, like rock solid culture guy, teammate, you know, professional. Like uh, I don't know, that would be a good uh, bad guy to add to your locker room. Now I don't have the money in front I of feel me. Like I'm, that's a tough trade to make. I mean, I guess all of these things would be worked out ahead of time, but but because of the injury. Yeah, that he's coming back from. Well, I don't. Yeah, I think the yeah. trading team would probably not be willing to pay the full salary, but um, right, you know, or a team like the Chargers, I think they still need uh, a guard there. But anyway, okay. So I have uh, vet trade. Yes, I have fifty nine, and no, I have forty one. I have seventy five for yes on a Whoa. trade. Whoa! Uh, because in two, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, like they could get they get they typically corner. make at least one. Yeah. yeah, and then the out, and then no, I Good say twenty five. Okay, I really fenced out on this one. I went fifty two. Yes, forty eight. No, yeah, I think it's close. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, okay, will they draft a quarterback in those potentially eleven picks? Yes or no? I'll go first here. I I went seventy five. Yes. Whoa! Wow. I think if you man. have a, if you have eleven picks, I can see them going a developmental guy. Yeah, you know, try to you now. I understand that they learned their lesson with. Clayton with Clayton Thorson but that being said I think I'm that also sure might have been that might have been the evaluation of the player as opposed to the allocation of well it was resources. also they only had five picks yes like you're yes. taking that swing when you only have five picks was was nuts I think you're right that if you have 11 picks you know it's yeah. a it's a it's a long shot bet to make that's probably not worth it but you if you're if you're making that many picks anyway you, the upside is potentially there yeah, you bring in Felipe Franks or someone like that hmm Shield? However, you know, they have uh, been on record, I think, last year with the Hertz pick that it's almost a waste in their eyes to yep. take those flyers on a quarterback on day three, right? I mean, they've pointed out many times how the quarterbacks come on the first two days of the draft. It doesn't mean that never happens. Yeah, they did it two years ago. Listen, I'm not I'm not going to be defending their process at all. I, I think it's been very uh, inconsistent. What if it's a third rounder, though? That's true. What if one of those... Kellen like, like say the Mond, yeah, if that, if that, that if that second yeah, that, that Carson nuts, Wentz man. pick turns into a quarterback, right? Okay. Remember yeah. the year? Remember the first Chip Kelly year when like we thought that Matt Barkley Sorry. was coming to camp to compete for the starting job. Matt Barkley thought he was coming to camp to compete for the starting job. That was crazy. I definitely wrote at some point <laughs> that before crazy. that draft that there's no way they're even going to look at a guy like Matt Barkley. Uh, so they, and and they traded up by the they they had. I, they they traded up like two spots or three spots to make sure they could get him. Yeah. Okay, I have yes, 34, and no, 66. Hmm. I have uh, no, 59, and yes, 41. So if if I win, this is where I would I would make up my ground. Big this one. is pretty well, much it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going big on a lot of these, so I feel like uh, you're, you know, uh, I've, it's a good strategy, I think. By the way, shout out to uh, to our friend Dennis. Who I saw on the street yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah. Now it's 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 hard with the mask. You know, when you're wearing the mask, you can't always tell. And I I only met him one time, 
and that was at at the meetup that the Birds of Friends meetup two years ago. So it had been some time, but once once he said hello, it was it was it was great to talk Eagles with him. Did you and guys I, talk about your your uh, Duck Duck Juice draft performance? Uh. I, I don't know if he had listened by at, at that point or not. I'm curious. You put the spreadsheet together on. on yeah, Twitter. but Dennis listens live. But, He's listening but, right now. But, but that was after the fact. This isn't even being a broadcast live, but he is. He is listening. But, but that was I mean. after the fact. This was yesterday morning when uh, you know uh, we had both brought our our kids to their respective schools. Ooh, big flex, dad flex. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, next up, we have the position of the first pick that the Eagles make. Split between wide receiver, cornerback, defensive end, and other. Okay, I can go. I don't like answering this, Bo, because really, I'll it's go a, first. It's I a just posi- put mine in. But it's a positionless oh, league, you know. No, who well, really true. has a? Posi- what are positions? You know, mm. well, they're, they're 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 this construct of uh, of the football media. Where in reality, if you're in the coaching world like me. No one has a position. You're looking to get your best 11 uh, on the field at any time, create mismatches, one-on-ones. That, that's how you win in the National Football League. And that's why I love this new rule about uh, jersey numbers. You know, let's loosen this bad boy up. These guys don't have positions. You know, maybe maybe Brandon Brooks is a, is a, a guard in name only, but he's, you know, in his heart, a tight end. Well, did I you know. guys see the person who, who did not like the rule? Who was it? There's one very notable player. I, I think who who did not like it, and that's uh, Bo's boy, Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. He said, uh, "I'm quoting him on Instagram here. Good luck <laughs> trying to block the right people now. Going to make for a lot of bad football." Wow, what okay, a baby! Uh, <laughs> I no. actually don't like it either, uh, mostly because I feel like it's going to make Merrill Reese's job much harder. That's. True. I just think Bo and and Tom Brady agree on everything. So yeah, I would agree. I think that's right. Uh, you know, yeah, the key I shouldn't to beating have... COVID is hydrating and uh, paying like thousands of dollars for some uh, snake oil salesman nonsense. Go ahead. Uh, I shouldn't probably admit this as a uh, member of the football media, but uh, you know, I would I would imagine no one pays less attention to these these rule change discussions in the spring than me. Uh, to the point where you know, an editor may have asked, "Hey, should we?" You know. <laughs> At some point in the past couple months, hey, what do you think about writing something about some of these rule change proposals? And I just have to find a very soft way to let him down and be like, dude, I'm paying no attention to this right now. I'm swimming in like the the 11th ranked guard in free agency. I'm trying to get caught up on the draft. So uh, I like that day in August when the officials come and they explain stuff. I feel like in that 40 minute session, I get everything I need to be ready for the season. I agree with that. I don't but like. I, I don't need to know like what rules might happen. Tell me what rules have right. happened and how they're going to be applied. But I, I, uh, I, I do agree with with Jimmy Kemsky's um, uh, defense of you know, or I, I guess ripping on how the league is sticking to this onside kick rule when the Eagles are proposing making it a fourth and fifteen at I think what you're twenty five or yeah I, I think you're mm-hmm. you're twenty five but like when you, like the onside kick is such a it's such an unexciting play as it is, right? Now I it used to be I, exciting. I, don't know. I used to love the onside sure. kick. Yeah. But anyway, so. go ahead. No, so that's it. All right, the rule changes. You have, that, have that rule was made stable. It less so. Yep. Uh, okay, wide receiver, corner, defensive end, and other. You want uh, me to go first. Yes. I have forty-one on wide receiver, twenty-nine on cornerback, twenty-seven on defensive end, and three on other. I have 35, 35, 20, and 10. 27 on defensive end, huh? 
You're feeling that a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's, if they trade, especially if they trade down. Uh, I've got 33 wide receiver, 23 corner, 11 defensive end, and 33 other. Really? You think, you think offensive line? I, I mean, you get in the field. I know offensive but like, line, safety. I mean, I don't know. They're kind of like what you said. You trade back. You're the one who was pushing safety on me last uh, episode. <laughs> That's fair. I don't know if there's a guy <laughs> worth it, I guess if you move down far enough, take. Okay. They really love Morig. Mo I guess. I like a Morig. Okay. Uh, next up, we have the same breakdown for the second pick: wide receiver, corner, defensive end, and other. I went 25, 25, 35, 15. 25, 25, 35. You're going 35 on defensive end? Yes. Mm, interesting. You, you got him with that sweet spot. I got uh, him, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I actually I, I, I have one more decision to make here, so sorry. As I disregard oh. uh, Zach's. Okay, I'll go as you uh, game the system to your advantage. Uh, second okay. pick, I've got wide receiver 33, corner 17, Defensive end 17 and other 33. Nice. Nicely split. Um, I am doing corner or wide receiver 26, corner 15, defensive end 26, and other 31. Mm. I feel like we, bo- right. we, box- we boxed it no, in, I Zach. Didn't, that, I didn't, that didn't add up. Hold on. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. Okay. Uh, next Whatever. one, you can tell us go, whenever go you ahead. Well, you got to give the official for you know well, well, the keeper. Of now I got to do the math because I boned okay. it so bad. All right. Well, I'll go to the next one while you do the math. Um, this was a question in, in yesterday's press conference, Zach, which I thought, you know, I, I think the question was posed. There's been a lot of talk about how you guys haven't taken a Alabama player since Freddie Millens, <laughs> and I must not be in the right circles because I. I haven't heard anyone talking. You know, about there's this. been a few articles. Of, there, 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 oh, okay. there have been a few articles about it. But um, okay, I but, was like, uh, wow, I need to be, I need to be talking to these people who are bringing up Freddie Millens here. But I, I, I will say, on January 11th, uh, on the Athletic, before draft, before the draft Whoa. industrial complex started, story on the Athletic: Will Devonte Smith break Eagles' streak, making oh. sense of Bama OSU draft record? And in there, now, the caveat that I I will make sure I I mention here, it is true the Eagles have not drafted a player from Alabama since Freddie Millens in in, in 2002. That being said, Jalen Hurts is probably more associated with Alabama than Oklahoma. He's, you know, he spent three years there. He only spent one year at Oklahoma, but he's officially an Oklahoma player. Um, But so that is the Alabama streak. And then the Ohio State streak, the last one is Brian Roll. In 2011. Mm-hmm. Epic. Okay. Uh, so, the uh, so I is, went 26, 18, well, let me 26, get, 30 uh, oh, on okay. that last one. Oh, I was combined? For, oh, oh, okay. On for the last just one. just okay. for the last Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is combined. This is, okay. will they draft a player from either of those schools? Yes okay. or no, right? Yes, correct. So this question is, will they take anybody from Alabama or Ohio State? I've got yes, 37, no, 63. Ooh. I've got yes, 55, no, 45. I've got yes, 69, no, 31. I mean, I was just using sort of a historical, you know. Oh, sure. I just think yeah. the first round, there's a good chance they take yeah. the guy. Yeah, that's all. Right. I probably went too heavy on that one. Um, and then what's the, what's the last one here? It's 2022 your... picks acquired. So 
And this is oh, not. So is it yeah, this doesn't count. Zero, the Colts one, one or this one, is one plus. Yes, this is that one that they acquire this weekend okay. or next weekend, and it's zero, one, or more than one. Okay, I've got uh, eleven on zero, forty-six on one, and forty-three on one plus, or, or more than one. I've got fifteen on zero. I've got seventy-five on. Uh, one. Wow. And then the remainder on more than one. This say is that, a big thing. Say this, that one more time so I can write it down. 15, 75, and then there'll be 10 remaining. Oh, okay. Um, and, and, and this is something that you're hearing quite a bit about, and we spoke to Dane about it, that there are fewer players in this year's draft and next year's draft. Next year is considered... It's 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 almost like a super draft because of the amount of guys who got extra years of eligibility and, and went back to school. So there are teams who might be trying to load up on picks for next year. But of course, everybody everybody would be trying to do that. So it's, exactly. they they can't just get everybody's picks. I went uh, twenty nine zero forty five one twenty six one plus. Okay. Okay. So there you have it. Anything else uh, as you guys are continuing to do your your draft uh, research that has that has jumped out to you that you'd like to get off your chest? No, that's what next week is for, right? That's true. Yeah, that's with, fair. It's, it's gonna be fun talk next week. Oh, oh, well, I guess we I guess we sort of talked about it. I, the the second round uh, rankings that we did, but I guess we sort of talked about that. So you can read that on the Athletic, and of course you can subscribe for forty percent off at theathletic.com/slash Birds with Friends. So Some exciting Bo Wolf content coming next week. I'm excited to read it. Oh, that's debatable. Every Just year, it's it's do yeah. my do my best case, worst case, uh, and then final mock. That's all. Yeah, you gotta gotta squeeze it into three days. But the best case and the worst case is a, it's a it's a unique approach to this. Yeah, so. probably have Matt Bushman in there as the was one of the worst case. Twenty five year old tight end. Yeah, twenty five and a half years old. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Just I'm just gonna pick a lot of old guys for the worst case. All right, that'll do it. Uh, we will be back. I think live on YouTube. One evening next week, maybe Monday or Tuesday, um, we will probably do our live pre-draft extravaganza. And then, of course, Zach and I will be live for the beginning of the first round on Thursday night up until the Eagles make their pick. And then all three of us will be here for post-round uh, reactions after each of the first three, the only three days of the draft, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So, lots to come. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Coach Flynn. Thanks to Marissa. Thanks to Zach and Shield. And for all of you out there, as always, we love you.